Welcome back to the truth once again. It is your host, co-host Ben Carter, joined by the Nile Hessen. What's going on? How are you doing, Benny? Um, three for three right now. I'm just going to start doing this every time, uh, and I'm just playing. No, uh, we're doing wide receivers now. It's like a good kind of – it was a good idea by you because this kind of is like a preset, I feel like, to our fantasy and NFL breakdowns as we go into divisions as well as fantasy uh, players to kind of talk about some wide receivers and running backs, quarterbacks for that matter, in tiers. So this is going to be another good show here. we got wide receivers for you. If you missed the other two shows, running backs, quarterbacks – Definitely go check it out. Definitely go check out the running backs. Definitely some controversy there with some of my picks. But, hey, I stand by them, and uh, you guys should go take a listen to that. But, yeah, we got wide receivers today. I'm excited. This is an interesting, as you mentioned, um, like a, a little interesting group because there's just so many. You look at quarterbacks, you know, one guy, running backs, two wide receivers, like three to five on each team. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of interesting. No, it is very interesting, and I always base it off of – I don't know how many players we're doing. We're doing 50 players. So on a 10 man league, I said this again in the running backs with 40 and four. So you get four per team. Do the simple math, five wide receivers for your team. Some people put six on their lineup. If I would hope not, if not seven, hopefully not. We'll see though. So we've got your, I mean, I would say five guys that should be on a 10, 10 team league in our minds at least. So we're going to start out with the fifth tier. Nile, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, let's go with you because I did running backs. So we'll do a little alternating. So uh, you go with wide receivers in your fifth tier. Okay. So fifth tier guys are guys that you're drafting with your last wide receiver picks pretty much. It's like <laughs> this, is your, this is your fifth or sixth pick as far as wide receivers go. And um, they're kind of there as long shots, but – Hey, they could pan out throughout the season. So the first guy I have is McCole Hardman. He is now the Chiefs, I would say, on the depth chart, he's third. He could bump up to two as far as wide receivers go. But overall, he's not more than a top three weapon. Um, He's still going to get some work in just because of how fast he is in the Chiefs offense, how explosive they are. But nothing too crazy there with McCole. Next guy is Devontae Smith. Now, a guy last year who had a pretty decent season. Nothing crazy as – I mean, as far as numbers go, necessarily as a rookie, but I would have some upside with him. I think the presence of A.J. Brown will actually help him in a lot of ways because people will be so focused on A.J. Devontae Smith could kind of shoot up. It's just always a question of his size. He was the Heisman Player of the Year um, two years ago, but overall, nothing too crazy with him. Like another guy, he's just there to fill a spot. Next guy I have is Tyler Boyd. I always like to put Tyler here because he's he's actually a really, really solid and consistent player. Um, as far as fantasy goes, it hasn't been a, it's been a couple of years since he's actually been fantasy worthy. But in a deep league or a league where um, you've got guys that are hurt, Tyler Boyd will get you some points, um, especially in an explosive offense like the Bengals. He's their third guy, third clear-cut option. And say if Jamar or Higgins goes down at some point in the season, Boyd is there to fill wide receiver two positions, and he's he's a very consistent player. I've been a fan of him since he was on my championship team back in the day. Jacoby Myers is my next guy, a guy that if maybe it was his third year in the league or second year, and he scored his first touchdown halfway throughout the season. Um, I think Jacoby's a really good player, and I think Mac Jones does like him as a target. So I can only see him getting better personally. 
We will see what happens overall. But right now, I like Jacoby Myers as a very late, not sleeper, but a guy that could maybe bump into later in the year as a flex spot, possibly. We'll see what happens. Um, Chase Claypool, next guy. He is very tall, very great vertical threat. It really just depends on how Mitch Trubisky throws the ball. Yes, I, from now on, I will be referring to the starting QB for the Steelers as Mitch Trubisky. I don't know how I feel about that just yet, but I'm a Steelers fan. I got to ride or die, and I'm a ride. So Chase Claypool, we'll see if he gets a vertical attack. But do do be questionable. I didn't put George Pickens on this list, but George Pickens, the second-round draft pick from the Steelers at wide receiver from Georgia, he was hurt last year. Um, but this year, he looks pretty he looks really good. I've seen his training camp videos, and he could easily surpass Claypool as that wide receiver, too, in in Pittsburgh. So we'll be very curious to see how that goes with Claypool there in the fifth tier. Next guy is a Buckeye himself, Chris Olave. I think Chris Olave could have a surprisingly good season. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick, so you would think he would be very good. But in a draft with a lot of great wide receivers, we'll see. His height is definitely a question as far as – um certain things go, but as a slot player, and especially having Michael Thomas as a guy that can help guide you, I mean, hopefully with just on-the-field routes, not off the field, um, Chris Olave could be pretty successful with a guy like Jameis Winston who likes to swing the ball out there. And next guy I got is Traylon Burks. Now, he's a guy that doesn't really get talked about, but could be a very great player a couple years down the line. He was drafted by the Titans this year. And he is out of Arkansas. He's very quick, very pretty bulky, too, I would say, as far as wide receivers go. He kind of gives you that A.J. Brown type vibe. But I don't know if he'll really pan out this year. But who knows? Their next guy is Robert Woods. So you never know what happens there with that lineup. Next guy is Kadarius Toney, a guy who I believe a lot of people picked up off of waivers in their leagues because he did pick it up and found that connection with Daniel Jones. But it's just so hard to draft him earlier than in a fifth tier because – he um he plays for the Giants, right? He's a Giants player, and as we know, they're not very good. Tyler Lockett. Now, this is probably the lowest he's been as far as tiers go in the last five, six years. Obviously, they lost Russell Wilson, and Tyler Lockett was great because of Russell. We'll see how Lockett does with a guy like well, – I don't even know his name anymore. He's so unrecognizable. Who's the Seahawks quarterback? Well, they have two right now. It's Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Okay. So, Geno Smith definitely is going to make Tyler Lockett great. And Drew Locke is a baby face. I, I just don't <laughs> think Tyler – I just don't think Tyler Lockett has any really great value this year. Unless Drew Locke has just been grinding in the offseason. It's going to be absolutely insane. Now, my last guy in the fifth tier, as we keep running through these guys, is Hunter Renfro. He had a really good year <laughs> last year. Um, I wish I could put him higher, but the presence of Devontae Adams and I think the way Derek Carr is going to utilize him is definitely going to keep him lower. I really do like Renfro. I do like Renfro, um, and I hope he does finish higher than a fifth tier, but I don't value him over these next guys I'm going to list. I do think all the other guys ahead of him are just have more potential in getting more catches and whatnot. So Hunter Renfro, a really great player, and I like how way he played at the end of last season. But especially even you add Waller to that situation as well, it's going to be tough for him to get a lot of meaningful fantasy points. 
Yeah, so looking into my fifth tier, um, this is actually my shortest tier just because I feel like the bulk of the tiers, um, in my opinion, should be two, three, and four um, with the wide receiver tier. So I only got five. I'm going to talk about them, though. And actually, the first guy I had on my list was a guy that you're briefly touching based on, your boy George Pickens. Now, um, I put him on the list here, the fifth tier, for multiple reasons. One, um, I believe he's probably the third choice right now um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers alongside Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. But the reason why I put him at the fifth tier, and obviously a guy that you might want to look at in fantasy to eventually become a wide receiver too, is the fact that it's a new quarterback. And each new quarterback in you know the certain team that they are have that one guy. It might be the typical guy like a Deontay Johnson or a Chase Claypool. Um, you know, Big Ben had his you know one receiver that he loved to throw to. Well, Mitch Trubisky could pick George Pickens as a guy that he wants to throw to. So. You know, obviously, he's not going to jump off the stat sheet, I think, right away. But down the line, if Trubisky or um, Pickett um, decide to have a good connection with George Pickens, this guy can go easily from a number three or four receiver on the Steelers to easily a top two and uh, be a good fantasy receiver as well. So a lot of upside with him. Uh, Randall Cobb. I'm putting Randall Cobb here at the fifth tier. Cobb's getting older with age. Everybody knows that. Currently, probably the number three receiver on that uh, Green Bay Packers team. Arguably number two, depends. Um, bottom line is the Packers are screwed right now at wide receiver, which is not necessarily the worst case scenario because they still got a solid line up front. They got a good running game, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is good as well. But on the flip side, Randall Cobb um, still playing at the fifth tier here. You know, he's dealt with some injuries in his past. I mentioned he's getting older. He's kind of, you know, reuniting that connection with um, Aaron Rodgers. And for where he's at, I think the risk of getting him is just too high. He's 31 years so or 31 years old, so his age is a little bit of a factor. But still, um, a versatile receiver, and he's going to get some some primetime catches, especially towards the red zone. Um, Rodgers wants a reliable target there. Robbie Anderson, I'm putting him at my fifth tier as well. This is one of those guys. I mean, like you mentioned, anybody in the fifth tier on my list, the only one I really – the only two is the, George Pickens and the guy I'll say after, but – um, Robbie Anderson's one of those guys you want to shy away from, um, you know, on that roster for the Panthers, again, not like necessarily a deep wide receiver core, um, especially with question marks, um, for the quarterback position, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson is really the only two no name receivers on that team. Anderson struggled a lot last year, and I don't expect him to have any type of success this year. Darnell Mooney, I'm going to go with him at the fifth year. This might be a question to some. Um, really it's just the Bears offense as a whole. I just think it's a disaster. I mean, in all honesty, a lot of games that the Bears win are, you know, 17 to 13 games. The defense gets a pick six or special teams, you know, some of that nature. The offense just sucks. And it really is good for me as a Vikings fan in the division, but really sucks to see because they have a really good defense. They're just such a shitty offense. It's really hard to see. Darnell Mooney, tons of talent, tons of good um, and plays and whatnot, and Fields is starting to get those connections with players like Mooney. But I just think for this year, it's not the right time to get him. This might be a surprise to some. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk as my fifth-tier wide receiver. Ayuk, obviously, very well thought of. Um, one of the, I guess you could say, better players on that team. Um, but still, Ayuk raises a lot of question marks with me. Um, Debo Samuel, always the main guy there. Ayuk, I feel like, is one of those guys that's hit or miss. You brought, mentioned uh, McCall Hardman, I believe, earlier in the fifth tier. And McCall Hardman's a guy that's not going to get receptions. He's going to get one reception, 49 yards, and one touchdown if he gets any kind of touches. And I feel like this year might be a little bit of the same way. I also think the 49ers are going to switch more to a option-focused offense, um, similarly to what the Ravens do, You know, having Trey Lance being more 
um, versatile and more of a runner compared to Jimmy G. So I'm going to put Ayuk there. Um, there is question marks there. You know, he probably amongst some is a tier three, even tier four receiver. But for me, I put him uh, at my tier five spot and um, I'm proud to do it. No, I don't blame you. I didn't even have Ayuk on my top 50 list, to be honest with you. I just don't think with the amount of weapons and how they're going to run the ball, he really is a big factor necessarily. Um, but let's get to my tier four. Now, brace yourselves here. These aren't – I have 19 players in my tier four, so I'm not kidding. Popcorn. I'm not kidding. Brace yourselves. So, first guy, Marquise Brown. We talked about this in the quarterback show. I do not think he's that great of a wide receiver. I do not think that Lamar Jackson is that bad of an accuracy quarterback to where Marquise Brown was that bad. I think if you are a good wide receiver, you you make space. You find a way to get the ball. You find a way to make big plays. He just didn't do it enough on Baltimore, and I don't believe he's going to do it as now the only guy until week six. And now if you do draft him and he does do good till week six, guess who's back week seven? DeAndre Hopkins, and he's going to take majority of his targets. I think Zach Ertz is a better option as far as weapons go instead of Marquise Brown. Um, I will stick to that for the rest of the season. Um, my next guy is Gabriel Davis from the Bills. Now, last year, Davis didn't really have much of a role because of guys like Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, and Stephon Diggs. But this year, he is up to the second spot on a Bills offense that is very lethal. So we'll see how Gabriel Davis does. I think a lot of people are afraid to take him because he's just not a very well-known guy. But when you have Josh Allen as a quarterback, he could easily make big moves here this year in the NFL. I would, wouldn't be surprised if he does. I personally don't think he will, but who knows. Next guy, Robert Woods, a guy that played for the Rams, I believe his whole career till now. Um, he's on the Titans, and he is listed as their wide receiver two technically on their depth chart. I would say he's between one and two as far as Traylon Burks and Robert Woods go. I think he could do a really great job. I think Tannehill can get him involved in a lot of slants and short passes. He's a great route runner, and um, we'll see how he does. I don't know. Obviously, he won't have as much efficiency as he did, especially with Derrick Henry in the backfield. But solid player still. Next guy I have is Christian Kirk. Now, Kirk was a wide receiver two, sometimes wide receiver three as far as um, the Cardinals went with him in the lineup. He was pretty solid for a while there. But I would just say it's very shaky with Jacksonville, right? Lawrence clearly showed us in college he was that guy, and he clearly showed us last year that he needs some. He had some work to do, and I know he he struggled with all the issues that the Jags had. But he really does need to pick it up. And Christian Kirk is at the forefront of the wide receiver core. So we'll see what he does this year. He's a small guy. I think he can play really great out of the slot. The next guy is Drake London. Now Drake London drafted. He is my light skinned brother from the Atlanta Falcons. I think he's a pretty cool dude. I like the way he played for USC. Um, we'll see how he does this year. I don't know. With a guy like Mariota, and I mean, they have what is it, Ryder as their backup. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know exactly how he'll do. Um, I think Pitts is still the main focus, but he's a really tall, solid wide receiver, and I would have like once again not be surprised if a lot of these rookie wide receivers have great seasons. I mean, if you I look at the list of probably I can name off ten, I won't, but I could. I would say 
I would say probably five of them have pretty solid seasons because they're wide receiver ones or wide receiver twos for their team. Next guy is Elijah Moore. Now, I did rank Elijah over Garrett Wilson because Garrett Wilson is good. Don't get me wrong. But Elijah Moore had a really good connection with Zach Wilson towards the end of the season. And I think they're going to continue that. I think Wilson's first option is always going to be Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore and um, we'll see how he does. I think he will produce at a decent level. But once again, it is the Jets. So always be wary of a bad team. I know they have a lot of great draft picks. They just got to pan out. And the Jets, the Jets could actually be the, I mean, the Jets I've never seen before. We'll see. Oh, next guy, Allen Robinson. Now, McVay has said multiple times they will use Robinson like they used Woods, if not more. And now they don't have OBJ. So I would not be surprised if Allen Robinson has a, really good season he'll be he could easily jump up to a wide receiver to solid wide receiver two option personally i i just am weary of him i don't know i've i've seen him play on some of my teams and he doesn't produce but who knows he's playing for a really good rams offense so there's always that that option where he could be really good next guy jalen waddle i think waddle was one of my most surprising really solid players last year but he just um I don't know. He confused me a little bit with Tyree kill there. I don't know how much Tyree takes away and I don't know how great Waddle does. I, I'm a, I'm a guy staying away from him, but who knows? He could be really good. Alan Lazard. Now I do think he will be a tier three, if not tier two wide receiver at the end of the season. Alan Lazard is the number one wide receiver in green Bay and Who's his quarterback? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a guy who finds his – it was it was Jordy Nelson, and then it was Devontae Adams. Who is the next guy to fill that role? I think it's Alan Lazard, and if it is, he's going to be dangerous because look at the two guys I just named. Um, Alan Lazard, I think, is the high, most highly play, or highly praised player in my books um, this, this offseason, and I, I really do think he could make a – splash and could be a wide receiver type of potential next guy deandre hopkins i have to put him on the list because even though he is suspended when he comes back he's deandre hopkins he's big he can get it get done it in done. all always shapes and forms so um yeah the next guy i've got is rashad bateman he's a wide receiver one in baltimore we'll see how he does this year and i know they have a super run heavy offense in Baltimore, but never know. He could be really good. And then I put Jalen Waddle twice on my list. So we're going to cancel that out. And Michael Thomas is the next guy. Michael Thomas obviously out last year, but he does still hold the season record for most receptions in a season with 149. He was absolutely insane. I remember watching him. And he could easily do the same thing. Okay, maybe not the same thing. That's a little crazy to say. But he could have a lot of yards still as slant boy, as they call him. Um, he could be really solid in all aspects and lead that Saints team in wide receiver yards easily. So the next guy is Adam Thielen. So you look at the coaching staff now. I mean, with Kevin O'Connelly, I think – McDonald. Is, is it McDonald? No, I'm just saying that because I keep messing that up. Continue. Wait, so is it Kevin O'Connell? 
Yeah, I shouldn't have interrupted you, but remember the, like the last two shows, I keep saying O'Donnell or like McDonald instead of O'Donnell, but it's Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. I said Connolly. It's Connell. We'll get it right. I'm sorry. Obviously, his name is very complicated. Um, I think with him, I'm feeling is even more of a threat than he was before. I think they're going to air the ball out more than they have. Obviously, I'm not a Vikings expert like Niall is, but I do think Adam Thielen gets his work in this year, and obviously he's still that red zone threat that everyone should be weary, I mean, weary of. He's a very, very good wide receiver, and I think is always undervalued in every draft year, and he always performed as a wide, wide receiver two level. Last – or not last guy, but we got Juju Smith-Schuster as my next guy. Um, the wide receiver one as far as the Chiefs go – now, he's not the option number one because of Travis Kelsey, but we will see how Juju does this year. I think he did get held back quite a bit by Big Ben, as hard as that is to say. He did get held back quite a bit, and it really just depends on um, really how he comes out this year. We'll see. And um, I hope I hope the best for him. And, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about him. Amari Cooper, I had him higher when I didn't really know for sure if – if Deshaun Watson was going to get suspended now, obviously what he did is a season-worthy suspension. If he if he does, which right now he's already suspended for six games, Amari Cooper is – it's I don't know. I don't think Jacoby Brissett can make him that great. I don't think so. I think the Browns' offense is going to be a lot of run, and Amari Cooper might might be here and there, but he's definitely a low-end tier four after I re, re-advise this list. Cortland Sutton is my next guy. I think he could be really good. I didn't I didn't put him in my tier three. He's very close, but I did not. Um, last last couple seasons, he has not struggled. Well, I guess he has kind of struggled. Um, but with Russell Wilson, I mean, look at Russell Wilson, how he DK Metcalf and Lockett. That could easily be Jerry, Judy, and Sutton now. So we'll see how he does. But Sutton I have on tier four. The second to last guy is Godwin. Godwin is on, I think, the best offense in the league still. I think the the Buccaneers and the Bengals have the two best offenses. Maybe add the Rams in there, too. Those are top three. Godwin's still going to get his work in. He's just got to stay healthy. I know he's always been shaky here and there, but if Godwin's plays, he'll get his – He's. I don't think he's a guy that gets you over 15 and maybe sometimes in weeks, but – for the most part, he's going to give you consistent numbers. And sometimes that's all you need at the wide receiver level, especially at wide receiver two. And the last guy was Darnell Mooney. Now, his success is all dependent on Justin Fields. Mooney is a really good player. I've watched a lot of his film in the offseason as well. And he um, he can catch the ball in a lot of weird angles and a really great footwork. So Darnell Mooney is a guy I really hope can bump up to that tier three level next year. But right now, I just haven't seen enough from him. But he's really explosive and really exciting. I'm glad you guys got through that. I tried to go as quick as I could. Niall, take it away. Looking at my fourth tier, I'm going to go ahead and start off with Jalen Rieger. Now, there is a lot of questions with Jalen Rieger. He probably is now with the addition of A.J. Brown, the wide receiver four, arguably wide receiver five. Um, but he still has some potential to be good. Um, A.J. Brown, obviously, that, me, that main man there alongside uh, Devontae Smith. I've never really liked Jalen Rieger um, coming out of the draft. The Vikings, uh, I'm sorry, the Eagles picked before the Vikings and picked Jalen Rieger, and then the Vikings got Justin Jefferson. So really glad that we were able to get him um, instead of Rieger. But still, Rieger, all right, start to his career. Um, Definitely lots of room for improvement, but 
I just think this year it's kind of put in a situation. This is my last player in the fourth tier. Um, so he's right on the cuffs of fourth tier, fifth tier, and uh, probably a guy that you want to avoid. Brandon Cooks, um, I'm putting in the fourth tier as well. Brandon Cooks playing for the Houston Texans um, again this year. Currently for the Houston Texans is listed as the number one receiver. And yes, that's true. But at the same time, it's also the Houston Texans. They have Davis Mills, which I still like Davis Mills. But the point is their wide receiver core is not very good. Brandon Cooks had an all right year. He's got tremendous like upside. I like saying the word upside a lot with players like Brandon Cooks because his potential is through the roof. The question is, will he get the receptions and you know the, the stats that he needs to, to be that next high-level player for your fantasy team? There's a lot of high risk to him. I just don't know if the risk is worth the reward. Um, so I try to shy away from him as well. DJ Moore. I'm putting DJ Moore here at the fourth tier. It's probably a little bit lower than uh, a lot of people were expecting. I feel as DJ Moore now, um, depends on who's the quarterback, is Sam Darnold. I feel DJ Moore, although he is the number one receiver, is more of a kind of big down um, wide receiver. Obviously, he's going to go on those deep fly routes and get those catches as well. But with the quarterback uncertainty, and honestly, I'm not a fan of either quarterback, I do believe that eventually, um, you know, down the line, DJ Moore has potential to be very good. I think a lot of people are going to buy him too early, um, and he might get dropped by some leagues. But if he is down the line available in weeks 13, 14, etc., um, I definitely think you should pick him up. I just think with the new quarterback trying to establish connection and um, chemistry, it's going to be a little bit of an issue for him. Next, I got Corey Davis. Corey Davis, a good receiver for the Jets. A lot of these guys that I'm talking about right now on my fourth tier are arguably the number one wide receivers on the respected teams. Um, but at the same time, they play for kind of not the greatest of teams. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson are the three wide receivers for that team, um, top of Braxton Brios and Denzel Mims as well. Um, but still, those three are not the worst in the NFL, but also not the greatest. I think Corey Davis's production is going to go a little bit down just because Zach Wilson has had a better connection with Elijah Moore through reports um, in camp and, and whatnot. And so with the uncertainty of, of Zach Wilson as well, um, Joe Flacco is also in the mix. Mitch and Mick, Mick, Mike, good Lord. Mike White also, the legend himself, is in the mix too. But still, Corey Davis, um, I think Elijah Moore is going to get the bulk of the receptions for the Jets. So Try to be a little hesitant about him. Marvin Jones, um, old Lion star playing for the Jaguars. And uh, offense, he's kind of alongside the same situation. You got Zay Jones on that team, Christian Kirk as well. Um, Kirk, obviously, probably that main receiver, Marvin Jones Jr. Um, I believe he played some time. No, that's Kenny Galladay. My bad. Um, he, but still, Marvin Jones, he's going to get some catch. Will it be good enough? Um, for your other wide receiver ones, wide receiver twos, and even flexes? I don't believe so. I think Marvin Jones is going to struggle a little bit. Next on my list, I got Devontae Parker. Remember when he was the stud um, there in Miami? Devontae Parker is now on the Patriots, so he has a new home, um, which I actually didn't know until I was doing my um, player analysis and looking at my teams. He is the number one receiver on that team alongside Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne um, on that roster. The question is, will Mac 10 be able to find him? And the question is, or the answer is, I don't know. Um, there was that one game they played the Bills with horrendous weather, and Mac Jones had one completion. Now, granted, that was a once in a 17 game span, but it still shows the Patriots' emphasis to run the football and um, not necessarily focus on Mac 10's ability to throw the ball down the field. 
On top of that, he is also known as one of those guys that's more of a check down Charlie kind of guy, which is good for players like Devontae Parker if he's the one that's getting those receptions in PPR. As non-PPR leagues, definitely try to avoid him. This may come as a little shock to you. I'm putting Chase Claypool here as well. I'm not a big fan of Chase Claypool, have never been. In my opinion, last year, obviously, Juju, Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay Johnson was the best receiver on the team, maybe because he was on my team in like three leagues. Um, Chase Claypool isn't bad. He had a good game against the Vikings, made some ridiculous catches. But still, this year, I'm not too sure. I do believe um, George Pickens eventually will become that wide receiver too for Pittsburgh over Chase Claypool. Um, I don't think he'll pass Deontay Johnson because Deontay Johnson is a tremendous outlet to throw to. On top of that, he's got tons of speed um, and is able to be one of those big down catching wide receivers. And I expect that to be the same for him. Although Chase Claypool is known for that downfield ability as well, I do like George Pickens to be a little bit better um, than Chase Claypool. Even though I put George Pickens in the fifth tier, that's mainly because there's just you haven't seen him play and there's just so much potential to be great. Um, so I do like uh, George Pickens over Chase Claypool. Rashad Bateman, um, he's the number one receiver there for the Baltimore Ravens. Kind of one of those, not no names, but also one of those guys that doesn't jump out of the page as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two for some. More of a flex guy, in my opinion. Um, they don't really have too many wide receivers around Lamar Jackson, which is, you know, not necessarily the greatest for them, just because, you know, the, the Ravens do like having that kind of option or running uh, ability through Lamar Jackson. Um, so it's a little bit interesting to say, but still, um, I believe Rashad Bateman's production is going to be a little bit um, declined as previous years. And I think Lamar Jackson, that Ravens offense, really established themselves in that running game. And um, even getting the tight end, Mark Andrews, who's probably the best outlet to throw to. Um, and that's why I think there's going to be a little bit less production by him as well. Also um, on this list, uh, and the final one I got is Kennedy, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay um, played with the Lions, moved over to the Giants, has really struggled. Um, in a second year, I read a report today, actually. Um, it was kind of jokingly saying that Kenny Galladay is already dropping balls in his second rebound year. Uh, with the New York Giants. The New York Giants are a mess. Honestly, Kenny Galladay is listed as one of the better, if not the best, wide receivers in that roster. Sterling Shepard's been out due to injury. Um, hopefully, he's expected to come back. I'm not too sure his report. Actually, no, never mind. He tore his Achilles, um, so he's not going to be able to come back. But still, I th- <laughs> I mean, he might. He might pull an Adrian Peterson and uh, come back soon. But nonetheless, I do believe Kadarius Toney is going to be the best receiver on this team uh, for the Giants. Kenny Galladay will get some reps, but if you had to pick between the two of them, I'm going to go with Kadarius Toney because he was one of those players that you mentioned um, that gets picked up a lot during last year. And um, I think Daniel Jones has kind of realized that, A, I can't throw the ball, but if I'm going to throw the ball, I'm going to throw it to Kadarius Toney um, over Kenny Galladay. So that is my tier four. Okay, well, okay. let's get to – do you have anything else to say? No, that's that was that was just saying like that was my tier four. So let's move on to tier three. Okay, I thought I heard somebody, and I guess I'm hearing voices. Tier three, here we go. So the first guy I have is Jerry Judy. I think he will end up being better than Sutton. Um, we can totally see. I don't know, but I do think with Jerry Judy's just overall better route running and more athleticism ability i think he does end up being the better of the wide receivers as you kind of see i always go back to that dk and locket comparison um obviously jerry judy's not dk metcalf but he could be really lethal this year he was insane in college and i'm really waiting for him to peak so we'll see how jerry judy does this year i'm excited to see what he does um next guy terry mclaurin scary terry from the buckeyes 
I think he's obviously the clear-cut number one only wide receiver option in Washington. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I do not know how he will do for sure. But, I mean, obviously I don't know about any of these guys. But um, I do think McLaurin does have a decent season and is a decent flex or wide receiver two option. Next guy is Amon St. Brown. He finished the season off so well. He was insane in the last few weeks of the season. He took over, pretty much. And Jared Goff is going to continue to get him the ball, I believe. Um, That's just what I think, at least. And he is – it's a little nerve-wracking knowing that there are more weapons for the Detroit Lions. But overall, I think he does still have a decent season. And he's another guy, as I would say until we get to the top of this list, are guys that are going to get you consistent numbers each week. They're not going to go too high. They're not going to go too low. They'll, they'll get you your spots. Um, same with Deontay Johnson, who's my next guy. He has just consistently given fantasy owners 10 to 12 points a week. He never really strays over it. He never really goes under it too far. He just stays. He's steady Eddie. And if you have, if you're a big running back guy, which we preach on this show is draft running backs early, pound them. So, like, if you're getting three running backs and you have them as your – you have one wide receivers, or running back one, two, and then your flex is filled with the running back, if Deontay Johnson is somehow your wide receiver one, it's not that bad because he's still going to get you consistent numbers and he's going to be a solid player for you. Uh, next guy who does kind of break the trend of consistency is Mike Williams. He was a very up-and-down player, but he was signed to a three-year contract this year, and – he got big numbers. So, I mean, if he got big, my, I just stubbed my toe. Sorry. Um, Wow. I am just, just all over right now. Mike Williams, um, he, he was definitely up and down last season, but I think with that huge contract, he could get a lot more action this year. And obviously he's right behind Keenan Allen. Those guys finished back to back as far as rankings go. So you can't go wrong with either of them. T Higgins, next guy, obviously in an elite offense. And I think when people – and teams focus more on Jamar Chase, T. Higgins is still going to get his. Now, on a lot of teams, you look at wide receiver twos, and you're like, eh, I don't know. But on teams with high, efficient offenses, Higgins is that kind of guy, and he can get you solid points, and he could really take off this year. On Obviously, I would I would say as far as like comparisons, you look at like Adam Thielen, right? He's never been the, a wide receiver one there, but – he is always giving solid wide receiver two numbers, and I think T. Higgins is that kind of guy, and I think he's going to either surpass that kind of number or kind of stay the same as Thielen has been in past years. Next guy I have is Brandon Cooks, another consistent guy. He has just jumped around from team to team, but I think David Mills really, really found a connection with him last year. He's, he's the clear-cut wide receiver one, and I think the top option on this entire offense so, I mean, at the end of the day, I know it's a crappy team, but they got to throw to somebody, and Brandon Cooks is that somebody. So I like him there. Next guy, DK Metcalf. Now, a lot of people are really skeptical about him, and I would be too. When Drew Locke is your number one quarterback, it's just it, – it's hard to know, and especially with Geno Smith too, you never know. And DK, obviously, I put him this high because at the end of the day, he's still an athletic freak and a great wide receiver – it's so like the first thing it comes down to with these rankings is absolute skill. You still have to be good football players to be ranked this high. And he's a really good football player. And it really just depends on if they can get him the ball. And if they can, 
he, he's going to produce something. I think he's more of a consistent guy, though, this year. Michael Pittman Jr., my next guy, he had a really good season last year. This year, I don't know if he takes a drop-off, but I don't think he goes any higher than he did last year. I would say Pittman with Matt Ryan isn't bad, but I don't think Matt Ryan is throwing for 80-yard touchdowns at this point in his career. Um, so we'll see how Michael Pittman Jr. does. He's a guy I'm trying to stay away from because I just don't know. Um, but we'll see. Keenan Allen, next guy, obviously another consistent guy. I'm going to keep preaching it. He has just been consistent throughout his entire career, and he's going to continue to be with Justin Herbert as the QB. He's getting a little bit older, but obviously not old enough to not be the wide receiver one. So Keenan Allen, solid player, worth your pick. I mean, I wouldn't take him too high if you're really trying to get that wide receiver one in like the third round. I would say he's more of a fourth round fifth round if he's there otherwise I wouldn't waste your time with him next guy AJ Brown now this is a guy I almost want to put in my tier two because I think his connection with Jalen Hurts which obviously we haven't even seen yet on an actual game but just the way they've piled off the field and I watched a story that they've been trying to be his teammates for a long time so the fact that they are now just makes me believe that those two are just going to go nuts and A.J. Brown, obviously, we see what he did in the Titans. He was explosive as heck. So, well, you know he's going to produce, and I think he could produce at a high level with a guy like Jalen Hurts. And the last guy on the list, one more time, let me finish it off, consistency. D.J. Moore is the most boring player to have on your fantasy team. <laughs> I, I, he is so boring. But I guarantee you, if he was on your lineup, you had a decent season at wide receiver because he'll get you 10 points. And he might have a couple off weeks, but he's he's just going to be there for you. Every week you need him just to get you your normal. And um, he's not a guy you really have to worry about. You kind of just set him and forget him. So DJ Moore is the wrap on my list. Um, yeah, but Niall, let's hear it. Devontae Smith uh, starts off my third tier. It might be a little bit high for some people, especially with the addition of A.J. Brown in Philadelphia. Devontae Smith is one of the young guys on that team. Obviously, he's a Heisman Trophy winner, so he's got the talent. Obviously, I'm not saying Heisman Trophy winners um, translate well to the NFL, just like at Robert Griffin or Tim Tebow. Um, but still, uh, Devontae Smith is one of my favorites on the Eagles roster this year. Yeah, A.J. Brown's the number one receiver there, but that doesn't mean um, that Devontae Smith can't get the same amount of catches or yards. Do I think he will? No, but I also think at the same time, Devontae Smith is going to be um, a consistent reception kind of guy and also a deep threat because he's got tremendous speed and ability downfield. Amon Ron St. Brown is another player in my third tier here. Had that breakout kind of year towards the end of the year last year, and a lot of people were expecting uh, maybe a similar situation or not um, coming into this year. Obviously, there's more weapons. You get the youngin, Jamison Williams as well on that uh, Lions team. Um, but still, I think kind of the veteran leadership, I guess you could call, of Jared Goff knowing what he's got in St. Brown's going to be huge for their connection. He obviously threw the ball well to him last year, so why would he try to go a different route and try to get a new best wide receiver to throw to? Um, TJ Hawkinson is in that mix as well in receptions. We haven't gotten to tight ends yet, so I'm not going to go into him, but just kind of to give you a different perception on that. But I think best receiver option right now is going to be Amaran St. Brown on that team just because of um, how he did last year. Michael Pittman. Um, I put him in the third tier, number one wide receiver in Indianapolis. That's pretty obvious. The question mark I have is a new quarterback. Um, obviously, Matt Ryan is taking the helm there in Indianapolis. 
How will he transition well uh, with the Colts? We all know the Colts' emphasis. Frank Wright has said it many times. Give their Jonathan Taylor the ball and um, play defense. And that's a very good strategy to go by. I love that kind of football. Uh, maybe that's why Maybe that's why I play like that in Madden. Um, and Ben, you know that. But still, running the football is huge, um, especially for the Colts who pride themselves on it. And having a good quarterback to throw those quick routes to tight ends or even wide receiver, wide receivers is going to be a big step for them. Mo Ali Cox is their best tight end on the roster, and he's not one of the better tight ends, in my opinion, in the NFL. So Michael Pittman fits that role alongside Paris Campbell to get those quick catches. Christian Kirk. Chris, Christian Kirk, um, I believe, um, having another – well, I guess he hasn't had a good year. I meant to say having a good year last year, transitioning well um, through camp in a new home. I believe he is on the Jaguars, if I'm mistaken. He is, yep. So on that Jaguars team, I'm looking very good over camp and um, alongside Trevor Lawrence and that offense. Marvin Jones, you know, another player on that team that can get some receptions, but Christian Kirk's definitely going to be that guy. And I think um, Trevor Lawrence realizes that, and that's why he's had a good camp with the Jags. I'm really high on him, and I think this is going to be one of the more options that Trevor Lawrence looks to and ultimately helps him have success because he's got the intangibles needed. Chris Olave, I'm going high on Chris Olave. I've been a big fan of him. I'm sure you're happy to hear that. Um, coming from Ohio State University on that New Orleans Saints depth chart, Jameis Winston obviously at home. Um, the biggest er- reason why is I, I don't not see Chris Olave being a number two wide receiver. Just Michael Thomas's uncertainty dealing with so much injury the last couple of years um, kind of leaves it up in the air. But on top of that, Jameis, Win- uh, Jameis Winston throws the ball a lot, and having three solid wide receivers, which he does have, is going to be huge. Chris Olave, one of the better receivers in college football last year, is going to be a tremendous fit for the Saints offense. And I think alongside Kamara and Thomas and even Jarvis Landry, um, that Saints offensive passing game is going to be huge, and that's why I have them winning the division this year. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster I'm putting in my third tier. Um, honestly, I put him in my third tier. I think his dancing ability is better than his catching ability, if I'm going to be honest with you. But at the same time, Juju being that number one wide receiver, wide receiver, not option for Kansas City is going to be huge. Um, obviously, he probably would, in my opinion, have better success in Pittsburgh. But playing alongside one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, he's going to get him the much needed um, receptions and targets that he's kind of been looking for. Um, that not he didn't get, or the, that he was not. I'm saying this backwards. It's not that he didn't get that in uh, Pittsburgh but kind of separating from that trio of a stun of wide receivers. It's going to be huge for him on that new team. Um, next player I'm going to talk about briefly is uh, AJ Green. Never been a big fan of AJ Green. Um, he is one of those players that's just so up and down. He's currently um, on the Arizona Cardinals, you know, had his majority of his career with the Bengals. And that's kind of where he made his name for himself. He dealt with some injuries, but overall, playing last year the way he did is huge for him um he had a good year for his age dealt with some injuries so it's nice to see him get some receptions and alongside players like hollywood brown i think aj green's gonna get some catches he's not good enough in my opinion to be a top two tier wide receiver but i also don't think he's bad enough to be a lower fourth or fifth tier mike williams um kind of what you mentioned very up and down player which is why i put him right in the middle of the pack Mike Williams made a home in Los Angeles. Um, that's where, you know, he made a name for himself and people kind of started jumping on the train. He is on the Chargers still. He signed that three-year deal. So, obviously, um, the general manager in front office is going to stress throwing the ball to him, and I think he's going to get the ball a good amount. 
We all know that Chargers offense is very, 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 very pass focused. Mike Williams not only is going to get those short uh, receptions, but he's going to go get those deep receptions that can get you eight to 10 points um, for one play. Hollywood Brown making a new home um, in Arizona, you know, spent his majority of his career, young career, I should say, um, in Baltimore, venturing off over to the Arizona Cardinals. This is huge for him. It really is. Um, He's had a, I guess you could say, pretty good start to his career. But with the suspension of DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown suddenly has emerged as probably the number one wide receiver on that team until DeAndre Hopkins gets back. The uh, the versatility on that guy is huge. The one area of concern I have with Hollywood Brown is, I think, more than anything, um, first of all, the, the Cardinals offense is going to revolve around Kyler Murray. But I think Hollywood Brown is more of a Mike Williams comparison where he has up and down weeks. And that's my only concern with Hollywood Brown. It's not that he's not a good player. But that's my only concern. I'm going to put Chris Godwin here at the third tier. Um, Chris Godwin coming off an ACL injury for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hopping back in, hopefully at least to start the year. You know, there is some questions on if he'll be ready or not. Um, he is questionable right now. But no, only on that wide receiver core, the two main options um, is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and then alongside Julio Jones. It kind of puts Godwin in a difficult situation. There is question marks, too, with Tom Brady, you know, doing with some personal stuff. Not saying it's going to translate to the regular season, but you never know. Um, Chris Godwin, his only concern throughout his career has been his ability to stay healthy. As a Chris Godwin fantasy owner, I do like the risk of drafting him, even with injury, just because of the amount of targets he possesses. Tom Brady, I've watched it many times last year um, with Dota Chris Godwin on third downs, which is huge for fantasy points because those third down receptions, um, they might be five yards to get the first down, but that's another added point. And even goal line situations, Chris Godwin has always been one of those guys to target that he targets in the end zone. So that's six fantasy points for yourself. I like Chris Godwin this year, assuming he completely heals and is ready to go from his ACL injury. Jerry Judy, love Jerry Judy. Um, he is, obviously, his biggest question mark is his ability to catch the football, which seems kind of ironic that that's the whole point of a wide receiver. But still, once he gets that under control, his speed and versatility is, is, is incredible, really. Um, Russell Wilson's going to look to guys like Jerry Judy, who have played in the Broncos system so far. Um, and kind of had an understanding of how the offense works. Obviously, new offense with Nathaniel Hackett, at uh, the new head coach. Um, but still, kind of understand what it's like to play in Denver. It's hard to play in Denver with the um, altitude and whatnot. So we'll see how he translates well, but I think he'll be one of those um, mediocre players. And then I'm going to put Hunter Renfro in my third tier as well. Devontae Adams' addition um, definitely hurts Renfro, but I don't think it necessarily takes him out of the question of being a good player. Renfro obviously was getting 9 to 12 receptions per game towards the end of last year, and that's huge for fantasy owners. On top of that, he was the number one option for Derek Carr, and although Devontae Adams probably has emerged as the number one receiver, well, actually not probably, he has emerged as the number one receiver, Derek Carr, in the back of his mind, knows the connection he has with Renfro. In, a pair, in, um, in big situations, yeah, he'll look to Devontae Adams, but the defense will be so focused on Devontae Adams that Hunter Renfro will be free wide open down the middle of the field. Kind of what happened with Darren Waller this year and um, having the ability of Hunter Renfro to run free. So that was my third tier. Fair enough. Yeah, I like some of those. A.J. Green, I don't know about him. Um, but let's get to my second tier. Now, these are the top of the top guys. I believe I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wide receivers left between the two tiers. So let's get into it. First one, Mike Evans. He has been consistent his entire career. Obviously, his red zone threat is lethal. I don't care that Julio Jones is there. I do not care. 
and Fournette's getting plenty of runs in the red zone. Mike Evans is still that number one target. He's going to get his, and Tom Brady can still throw the ball. So Mike Evans, and there's not much to really say about him. He's going to get his. I just, I definitely would advise you don't reach early for him. He's going to just fall into your hands. I wouldn't reach, but just let him fall into your hands. He will, and he'll still be a consistent player. He's very touchdown dependent, but other than that, solid player. Next guy I have is Tyree Kill. Now, I was very debatable on putting him this high, but it is dive, right? It's Tyree Kill. He, um, he's the most explosive player in the NFL I've personally seen as far, as far as the wide receiver level goes in the last five years. Well, maybe let's say three years. Um, but that also happened with Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if Tua's accuracy is going to serve him well. Tyree Kill runs fast, and if Tua is underthrowing all these passes to Tyreek, he's not going to get the numbers he's produced in the past. I don't think he will automatically, and it just scares me drafting him on a team where I'm really uncertain. I know Tua's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, considering a lot of people like myself don't think he can throw the ball that far, but nonetheless, you still you still got to look at him as like it's still Tyreek Hill. He still could be really explosive. Next guy is Devontae Adams. Now, obviously, he takes a shot not having Aaron Rodgers anymore, but it's Devontae Adams. He's the best, best route runner in the game, maybe behind Cooper Cup. But other than that, he's such a good player, and he and Derek Carr have a solid connection so far. They've really just bonded overall in this offseason, and they could be really good. Another guy I wouldn't reach for at like a top four, top five wide receiver spot but if he's there and you don't have any other better options, don't be nervous in taking him. Next guy who I'm really excited about is CeeDee Lamb. Now, last year he had he had decent numbers, consistent numbers, but it wasn't where we thought it would be, especially on a number one offense like that. CeeDee Lamb, I think, now takes over with Amari Cooper gone. I think he's clear-cut, going to get a lot of work, and um, especially the way they run the ball, it's going to open up after – play actions, and Dak Prescott can throw. So CeeDee Lamb, definitely excited about. He's probably a guy I would lo- – he's a guy I would love to reach for um, as far as wide receivers go. Next guy, Debo. Debo had a really great impact last year. What made him really great was the fact that he could rush, but he wants out of rushing, and he actually wanted out of San Francisco in general, and he's still there. So he's still play at a high level, but not being able to rush the ball like he did last year – um, I do think that'll hurt his numbers as far as he did finish with like 340 fantasy points in PPR. So I, I don't know if he gets that high of numbers, but nonetheless, it really just depends on Trey Lance too, how he does. And um, yeah, I think those are all guys that are wide receiver ones, maybe mine it. I think all those guys end up being wide receiver ones, except maybe Hill, maybe Hill drops off. Otherwise, I think all those guys are really safe picks. So I did it a little differently than Ben. I took the first and second tiers as an opportunity to basically, for your fantasy teams, um, put a wide, a wide receiver one and one wide receiver two. So my lists are a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, anyway, so my second tier, Robert Woods. I'm putting Robert Woods here. He plays for the Titans now. He's got a new home. Alongside wide receivers, pretty much nobody. Traylon Burks and Nick westbrook Hein. I don't even know how to say his name correctly. Um, but still, Robert Woods coming off that injury, I think he's going to have a tremendous impact for the Titans. 
I'd arguably put him at number or wide receiver one or first here, but I have good enough receivers up there. Um, but he definitely has the potential to be a wide receiver number one, just because alongside you know wide receivers like Cooper Cup um, and even Van Jefferson in Los Angeles, he just had too many options um, for Stafford to throw to. So he kind of went under the radar. But in a new home in Tennessee, I think this is one of those guys that you have to circle on your list as a guy to reach out for in fantasy this year. Maybe a little bit high and maybe a little bit biased, but I'm putting um, Adam Thielen here at the number two or second tier, rather. Um, this is, you know, an interesting one. Obviously, Adam Thielen broke out into the league. He's got a tremendous story um, and playing for, you know, growing up and growing up as a Vikings fan and playing for them. But honestly, the reason why I put Adam Thielen here is because they really only have two wide receivers. KJ Osborne's a good kind of third flex wide receiver. But on the flip side, um, O'Connell has said that the Vikings are trying to shift from a run-focused offense to a pass-heavy offense, which I think is horrible, um, just because, you know, the Vikings are pride themselves on running the football on defense and playing through Devin Cook. But if that is true and they are focusing on a pass-first offense, Justin Jefferson can't be the only guy to throw the ball to. I kind of see this as a similar situation of Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. All the attention is going to be on Jefferson, and it's going to free up Thielen, who is one of the best catchers in the whole entire game. Some of the catches Thielen's have, Thielen has made are absolutely ridiculous. Thielen's also um, one of the highest in like since 2017 interception touchdowns. So if you're looking for fantasy purposes, Thielen's going to give you tremendous value. A.J. Brown, um, new home in Philadelphia. I mentioned alongside Devontae Smith, your two best targets there in Philadelphia for Jalen Hurts to throw to. A.J. Brown, that main receiver probably for the Titans, no longer there. Um, and honestly, I don't really see it being too much of an issue. Maybe at first trying to establish connection between the two. But A.J. Brown's going to get those receptions from Jalen Hurts, especially if the running game doesn't work because they have a very short um, temper on that. The passing game is going to be wide open. Or even if they do establish the running game, the passing game is going to be wide open um, for A.J. Brown to get those receptions. Amari Cooper, this might be a little high to some. Um, there is a lot of kind of I guess you could say controversy with that, just with Deshaun Watson being suspended. But still, on that wide receiver core, it's Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and David Bell, your three main wide receiver choices. Nonetheless, it doesn't matter if it's Deshaun Watson, Jacoby Brissett, Josh Dobbs, or even Josh Rosen, whoever's the quarterback in Cleveland, they're going to throw the ball to Amari Cooper. He's already proven himself as one of the better receivers in the game. And no matter who his quarterback is, you know he's going to have that success. Obviously, it'd be better if it's... Um, Deshaun Watson being quarterback, but still, he'll get enough targets, he'll get enough receptions, and honestly could end up being a number one receiver on your fantasy team at the end of the year. I put Michael Thomas here. Um, Michael Thomas was one of those guys three, four years ago that was the number one receiver drafted off the board. He's dealt with some inju or injuries and issues off the field the past couple of years, so really hasn't made an impact. I played, believe played only like one game last year, which is really sad to see. But this year, he's really on the come up, kind of better and back. That's what he said, at least, that he's back and better than ever. Who really knows? The only way to know is if to watch him play and see how he does. But still, coming from one, being one of those like number one receivers to be drafted, he's going to have a tremendous impact for that Saints offense. Alongside, like I mentioned, Landry and Olave, um, Thomas can have a really breakout year and kind of start going back to where his um, successes took him before. Jalen Waddle. This is an interesting one I put in my second tier. The addition of Tyree Kill definitely hurts Jalen Waddle, but I don't think necessarily it hurts Jalen Waddle's production. Obviously, um, the ball is going to be thrown to Tyree Kill. 
Um, but again, Tua has kind of made a point to really focus on his accuracy and his throwing this year. I think he's going to narrow it down. I think Tua is going to have his best year yet. And Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are going to have tremendous years at the wide receiver position. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is going to have the bulk of the looks and whatnot. But that also means he's going to have the bulk of the um, cornerbacks or the better cornerbacks in the league focusing on him, which leaves Jalen Waddle wide open down the field. Expect a big year from Jalen Waddle. Deontay Johnson, I love Deontay Johnson. Um, we've talked about it. Being a Steelers fan, no. Deontay Johnson is that main man there in Pittsburgh, in my opinion, no matter who's the quarterback. Tremendous talent, tremendous speed, and tremendous ability to get the football in situations for fantasy owners that you need. What I mean by that is third down plays, um, red zone plays. He's going to be one of those main options uh, to look to. And honestly, I think he's going to average maybe 15 to 17 points a week, which is huge for a wide receiver two, possibly wide receiver one how it turns out at the end of the year. T. Higgins, um, this is an interesting one. I put T. Higgins a little bit high. Um, he's one of those guys that's kind of uh, borderline between second and third uh, for me. Jamar Chase, obviously the number one receiver there alongside T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I really like Joe Burrow and the offense they've established there in Cincinnati and really established on throwing the football. Um, I think it's great for them. And on the flip side, you know, T. Higgins, one of the more quiet years last year. I really thought he had a good year, and I think this year it might be a little bit of the same thing. T. Higgins will definitely fall just because of Jamar Chase's presence, and that's okay. But if you're in a fantasy draft looking and T. Higgins is available, go up and snag him because at the end of the day, um, let's say something, God forbid, happens to um, the guy that I just said I can't think of his name for some reason. Jamar Chase. I don't know why I just blanked on that. Um, but let's say he gets injured or has a different situation. T. Higgins is the next man up, and even if Jamar Chase is there, Higgins will get enough uh, receptions and yards to uh, to help the Bengals win. Keenan Allen, love Keenan Allen, um, one of the better players for that Chargers team. Again, similar situation. You know, he's got that wide receiver core um, alongside Mike Williams. Um, Justin Herbert has obviously made it clear that he's going to throw the ball to Keenan Allen, being the veteran leader that he is. It's really Allen and Williams. Joshua Palmer will get some carry, I mean, not carries, some catches here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, the two main receivers are going to be Allen, Williams, and then Eckler in the backfield. And with Herbert and the Chargers wanting to pass the ball, I think it's one of those things that you can't go wrong. There is some uncertainty with Keenan Allen um, just because it was spotty a little bit at times last year, but I think you got to put those to rest and really focus on drafting him. Julio Jones. This might be really high for Julio Jones. Now with a new home in Tampa Bay, um, obviously majority of his career with the Atlanta Falcons played last year for the Titans, if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, he did now, play the last two now, seasons. Now um, playing in Tampa Bay alongside Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, the biggest reason why I put him at the two spot here is Tom Brady loves his receivers. It doesn't matter if it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Scotty Miller. He will throw them all. He'll throw them all effectively and honestly pretty spread out too, especially with the injury concern with Chris Godwin and not wanting to rush him back in. Julio Jones could easily be the number two wide receiver on that team. And, um, and yeah. This is my sleeper, so I'll talk a little bit more about him later, but it's going to be Cortland Sutton. I put him at the second tier. I'll explain why later. Tyler Lockett. I put Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, for that matter, at the two spot. This one doesn't make sense until I kind of explain my reasoning for it. Obviously, Russell Wilson's gone, so that hurts both receivers. Um, but honestly, looking at that roster, there is nobody really besides the stud, Noah Fan, who came from the greatest university in the University of Iowa, there was any chance of really having success. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who your quarterback or running back is. 
the end of the day, these are NFL players, and they're going to get yards, and they're going to get points. It's not going to come from the running game. Maybe Kenneth Walker or Rashad Penny. I just don't really see it happening. They're going to get their points from throwing the football, and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are going to kind of be those two options to throw to. And no offense, of course. Um, Tyler Lockett was basically made by Russell Wilson. He made him a really great player, and he kind of is now at the point of his career where he can take what he learned and really apply it to um, Geno Smith. And Geno Smith is a very veteran leader. Geno Smith has been on that Seahawks roster um, for a period of time. So he knows what Tyler Lockett is like, even DK Metcalf for that matter. So the chemistry is already kind of there. Um, you know, obviously wasn't taking those first team reps, but having that camaraderie and that chemistry is huge. I think that's the reason why those two who might drop very much in the draft, I do think you need a snag if you're in one of those fantasy owners um, that potentially doesn't want them. So that is my second tier. All right, and now to our final tiers. I got five guys left here. My first guy on the list is Stephon Diggs. Now, he plays on one of the best offense. Well, I wouldn't say most ex- – I would say most explosive offenses in the league. Obviously, it all starts with Josh Allen. But I think Diggs is such a good player. It doesn't matter if a lot of the tension's on him. He's still going to find his. He's still going to get his work, and he'll find a way to get it done. Now – Next guy is Jamar Chase. Um, sorry if I went really quick on Stefan Diggs. Like, these guys have just established themselves as great players, so I don't want to spend too much time on them. Okay, Jamar Chase. Now, he had a great rookie season. I mean, great. Now, he at midway through the season, a lot of people questioned, is he does he still have it? Can he finish the season strong? And he had a little drop-off there for a minute, but overall, he finished strong, right? He went... He, okay, here's the thing with him, boomer bust type of player. So, week 14, 25 points. Week 15, one point. Now, week 16, 19. Now, week 17, 55 points. <laughs> and then week 18, he had four, but he also was benched. So, I mean, he finished the season crazy. <laughs> now, and, and people were saying, well, I mean, they haven't adjusted yet because, like, he's like he's still a rookie. They haven't adjusted for the game plan. No, no, they adjusted. Jamar Chase and Burrow have the connection from college, and they can hit on all cylinders. He, I mean, look at those numbers right there. If you don't get excited about those kind of numbers, because I had him on my lineup, and I was freaking out when he had 55 points. I mean, not a lot of guys can do that. You have to be really special, and you have to be on a good offense, and he's on both. So, so even I think – Was that like week 17? Week 17 against Kansas City, yep. Was it? Were you playing me that fantasy week? Because I'm pretty sure you were playing me when Jamar Chase had 55 points. I think I did play you. Because yeah, I, yeah, I think okay. I played you in the yeah. fantasy. So then I definitely remember. I played yep, you yep, in the yep. fantasy championship. Yep. So like that, he is a guy who knows the fantasy owners out there need points. He scored 55. I mean, I just can't get over that. So yeah, he's a guy who this year is going to be explosive once again. I don't care if all the attention's on him. He'll find a way to get it done, and Burrow's going to give him targets. I mean, he's just simply going to give him targets. So, on to the next guy is Justin Jefferson. He could easily be the clear-cut best wide receiver, best player in fantasy this season. Justin Jefferson is a beast, and especially with the offensive coaching change – or, no, my bad. the off, My bad. One more time. The head coaching change – I think that even improves the fact that Kirk and him will totally find each other this year. And I think the Vikings throw a lot. And I think Justin Jefferson lead, leads that with deep plays down the field. He is going to be good. Now, it just depends on 
how PPR goes, he doesn't get uh, – I mean, he does get catches, but I'm saying does he get, like, Cooper Cup amount of catches for PPR necessarily? Nonetheless, Justin Jefferson's super explosive, and he's a wide receiver that is super exciting. Up there in my top three, no doubt. Um, clearly, as I'm naming him as my second-best wide receiver. And my last and number one option, coming off of 440 points last season, Cooper Cup. I mean, he had 191 targets, 145 receptions. He he is a beast. Now, I mean, he might be boring on your lineup, but he's probably one of the safest players because the wide I mean, overall, that staff did not change too much. I know they have Cam Akers now playing, and they have Robert Woods instead of Robert Ramon. They have... Allen Robinson instead of Robert Woods. So, I mean, that's a little different. But Cooper Cup's still going to get his. Matthew Stafford's still his quarterback. So, Cooper Cup finds a way to get it done once again. I mean, he had 16 touchdowns last season. It doesn't even matter. I mean, if on nine PPR, you might not take him as high. But in PPR leagues, he gets so many catches. I mean, so many catches. So, it's hard to pass him up. And, yeah, that, that really rounds out my wide receiver list. Yeah, so the first tier, not really too much I need to talk about. Diggs, we understand. Cooper Cup, we understand. Jefferson, we understand. Debo, um, Debo is one of those guys I put on there as well. You know, obviously, um, more of a versatile player. He is trying to shy away from the running game, but still, he's going to get tons of catches for there. This is interesting. I put him as a star just because I put him as a star in three different tiers. DeAndre Hopkins, strictly he's only in my first tier because of his pure talent. He's going to miss six games, so his stats aren't going to be wide receiver one worthy by the end of the year. But still, if you're looking for a wide receiver that's going to give you viable options, especially in how the Cardinals offense looks, um, I really think this is the guy that you want to maybe pick up and just keep on until he's the six-week suspension is done. This is an interesting one. I put Scary Terry on my first tier. I think this is going to be Terry McLaurin's breakout year. I really do. There's really nobody on that commander's team. Carson Wentz is looking for his final chance in the NFL, and he's going to look for a wide receiver that's going to give him all the tools he needs to have success and ultimately look good. And I think Scary Terry is going to be the guy. I'm not saying he's going to be Cooper Cup worthy, but I think Scary Terry is going to average at least eight receptions a game maybe 80 yards and a touchdown or two. So looking for fantasy, I think he'll end up as a wide receiver one. Tyreek Hill, Jamar Trace, Devonta Adams, three guys I don't need to talk anything about. The final two I got in my first tier are Mike Evans and CeeDee Lamb. Put CeeDee a little bit high probably, but I'm really excited for him this year to do well, and I think he really is going to. So I like him there. Um, I really do think in uh, Dallas he's going to have tons of success. And then Mike Evans, um, one of the – best players if not the best wide receiver on that Buccaneers team so those all those guys in my first tier and really second tier are the guys that you really want to try to go out and get at your wide receiver ones and wide receiver twos no doubt well now do you want to do best value worst value sleeper bust and MVP or are you trying to get out of here I'll do it quickly just so I can kind of make known I really want to talk about my sleeper because I didn't get a chance to um, best value Amon Ron St. Brown I really like him um, worst value AJ Green Brandon Ayuk's going to be my bust. And then my sleeper is Cortland Sutton. Really like Cortland Sutton. He's coming off of injury. He really established himself early on, um, you know, when he played for the Broncos under Drew Locke. And I think with the addition of Russell Wilson, they're going to kind of revamp, not necessarily revamp his career because he was out with injury, but kind of revamp him back on the right stage forward. And I really think he's going to have a breakout year and he's going to finish at least wide receiver two for the, uh, the Broncos this year. 
That's totally fair. My best value guy is A.J. Brown. Like I mentioned earlier, he's just a guy I think is still super explosive. And the way you can – I mean, the value you can get him at in the third, fourth round is, I mean, I would say more third round. He's priceless, honestly. And I think if you're a guy that wants to get two running backs on a wide receiver, go get him because he's going to be explosive. Worst value, I think, is Tyree Kill. I think he raises too many question marks for me right now. And the fact that he you, he's going to cost you a second-round draft pick are you really certain enough you want him on your team? I'm not. That's why I think he's a terrible value. Sleeper is Alan Lazard. I truly believe he will be a top 10 wide receiver this year. So, I mean, that's a really hot take. I mean, maybe not top 10, but top 15, no doubt. I like Lazard a lot. He's got a great quarterback and great team. So, Lazard's my sleeper. My bust is, once again, I'm just going to say it, Hill. I think Hill's a bust this year. I do not know if he has a great season. I just am so questionable with the quarterback play. And my MVP, my MVP is C.D. Lamb. I am really – I wouldn't say he's my sleeper because a lot of people are expecting him to do good. But I think he's on the on one of the most explosive offenses in the league along the Bills and the Bucks and the Rams. It's like – and the Bengals, like, why can't C.D. be great? He is clear-cut number one. Can he do it? I think so. I think he's the MVP. I think that's the end of our wide receiver show. We're pumping him out to you. I hope you stuck with us for an hour, a little over an hour. And, um, yeah, Niall? Yeah, we uh three shows down, one more to go. We got the tight ends, defense, and kickers. It's going to be a good show. I appreciate you guys tuning in uh, for the support. This one was definitely our longest show. The most players combined, technically, we talked about 100 people. So there is a lot of um, – players out there that we wanted to make sure you guys had some awareness of but we thank you guys for listening once again to another episode of the truth make sure you follow the twitter um sorry i messed that up i've never messed up the outro in my life make sure you follow the truth on twitter at the truth has one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding the truth including podcast dates podcast uploads and other important information of value i know you do not want to miss because i do not want to miss it either and uh yeah we got one more show ben anything you want to say before we sign off here honestly i'm gonna give my myself a pat on the back if you can hear me i i I mean i just think this is great i have knocked out three shows now it's gonna be four here soon like this is uncharted territory i know i'm I'm feeling pretty proud if we hit 10 i might have to get myself a cookie honestly otherwise um you know that was a long is i mean it's a it wasn't super long show not even as long as our quarterback show but it's just like there's a lot of guys got to cover and a lot of things to talk about and it is what it is I hope you stuck with us. I thought it was a fun, great show, and I thought we had pretty good rankings overall. It wasn't the same as running backs. Shut we up. obviously we don't have the same as I mean, we obviously don't have the same lists, but I think both of them were valued, and I think we both obviously have our own opinions on who's gonna go where and what they do. And that's what makes it great. Everyone has their own ideas and you kind of base it off that and make your own so yeah and and there's also a point with that too before we get off the show especially with the like quarterbacks where we're only doing 30 i mean 20 instead of the 32 there's some players that one of us have that others don't and so it's kind of nice to get um a vast variety of players and 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 whatnot so it's really nice it's a good idea we decided to do this it's kind of like a prelude to the fantasy and nfl shows but anyways guys thank you guys so much for listening it is your host alongside benny carter Taking off. See you later and good night. Peace out.